Hello and welcome to Word for the Day. This is Father Pete Matthews from St. Patrick's Anglican Church in Lexington, Kentucky. And on today's Word for the Day, we continue our journey through Luke 13, 22-35 as we prepare for the second Sunday in Lent. And we looked at the first vignette of this passage where Jesus has a question about how many will be saved. And we said in last episode that he really doesn't answer the question. Instead, he exhorts people to make sure they're entering the kingdom. And he calls the kingdom the narrow door. That's interesting. One one thing I learned during my time in seminary is um, one of my New Testament professors, um, he would say rather than um, interpret a text, he'd say let's have a close reading of the text. He meant the same thing, but it's a great way to talk about it because it reminds you to really do a deep dive into each word and phrase and really ponder them and pay attention to the language in the text. And so I think that the specific language here really matters. So there's a door, and I think by implication it's the door into the kingdom because Jesus is journeying, that's hard to say, journeying to Jerusalem to become king. So this is all about the kingdom of God. And the doorway into it is is narrow. And here's how he defines narrow. Um, there, there are many who will one day, when the kingdom fully manifests at Christ's return, who will want to enter and they won't be able to. That's what Jesus says. Those are hard words, but they're what Jesus says. Many will seek to enter and will not be able. And so Jesus makes this stark statement. Why does he do it? Does he do it to just scare me? No. Does he do it because he wants to sort of torture my conscience? No. He does it because he wants me to be in the kingdom, and he wants me to strive to make sure I'm in there. And so out of love and care, he wants me to make sure I'm in there, in the kingdom, excuse me. And so he kind of uses these images about a master opening the door, and people wanting to come in, and then they'll say, look, we were with you, we saw you, we you saw you teach, we saw you do all this stuff, and he'll say, look, you need to depart from me, and you'll go to the place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, and you'll be cast out of the kingdom of God. This is an uncomfortable passage. To be frank, I don't like it. You know, what I like is a doctrine that historically has been called a heresy, but a doctrine called universalism. It's the idea that in the end, because God is love, and God has brought redemption through Jesus Christ to everyone, which in a sense he has, the atonement and saving work of Jesus is universal, that therefore everyone will finally and fully be saved. I really like that. Also, it's, it's kind of like, if I really love people, I probably want that to be true. Maybe the Father wants that to be true. Yet, the Father has created humanity, God, the triune God has created us with a kind of dignity where if 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 we if we want God... We have to ultimately choose God. And if we don't want God, we have the freedom to say no. And I think this is unavoidable in the teaching of Jesus. Like I said, universalism is attractive. I really like it a lot. But then I keep bumping up against Jesus, and he doesn't go there. So um, so he gives this strong language. And again, we have to be careful. He doesn't even answer about how many will be saved? Maybe most will be saved. Maybe most somehow in their lives 
will somehow enter the narrow door. I don't know that. But what he invites me to do is to quit worrying about everyone else and worry about me. Am I striving? Am I pursuing him? Is he Lord of my life? I can't control what you do, and I can't control what other people do. And I will rack my brain trying to figure out who's in, who's out. But but I can pursue the kingdom, and I can strive to be there and make sure I'm part of the kingdom. Now, Jesus lets that hang. And part of the reason, I think, is he has other opportunities to preach. There are other vignettes in the Gospels where he makes clear um, that he, he um, you know, is bringing the kingdom of God, invites people to come in. In fact, the second vignette in this passage points to that. So we're going to get to that in a couple of days, and that balances this out and kind of, kind of creates this beautiful picture. But let's linger here. Jesus exhorts us to strive to enter through the narrow door. And what's the narrow door? It's the kingship of Jesus. So you notice the people in this passage that are cast out, they're people who say, well, when Jesus was in Galilee and Judea, we saw him, we watched him teach. Hey, he walked down the street. We were right there, man. We should be in the kingdom. And Jesus is saying, that's not enough. You have to actually give allegiance to me. You have to come into the kingdom. And you can't be in the kingdom without giving allegiance and submitting to the king of the kingdom, who is Jesus. So he sets himself up as the narrow door. In fact, in the Gospel of John, he uses that image and says, I am the door to the kingdom. Here he's the narrow door. There's no, there's not hundreds of doors. There's only one. It's Jesus. We have to make sure we surrender to him so we are in the kingdom. Okay, let's stop there for today. God bless and have a great day. Take care.